podcast listeners. I am really excited to introduce to you our guest today, Vanessa Collier. Vanessa, um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself in a minute, but I will tell you that just reading about you, and then I spent some time listening to your music, and I'm a little bit on the starstruck side, and (laughs) I hate to admit it, but it's true, because not only are you talented, but I love the type of music um, that you play. So it's like one of my favorite blends and your variety, I guess. So, um, Oh, beautiful. It is. Thank you. <laughs> so could you just introduce yourselves a little bit to our podcast listeners? Sure. Yeah. I'm um, mainly a blues, funk and soul saxophonist, singer and, and songwriter. Um, and uh, I basically tour all around the world, and um, I teach as well. And uh, music has just been my passion for a long time, and I've made it my career, and I've loved the journey so far. So what you what um, Vanessa left out was the number of awards that she has won just in the past <laughs> couple of years alone. So you're very humble, um, but all the way from being um, a blues music award nominee and then the instrumental horn player of the year um the sean costello rising star award blues female artist of the year i mean just a lot of accomplishments in the past little bit so when you (laughs) and um play around the world that's no joke that you're a very person and pretty at a pretty young age yes yeah, yeah, I'm 27 and um, been out of school. Basically, started touring with a, a blues musician, um, a Grammy Award winner, Joe Lewis Walker, my last year of school, and um, toured with him for about a year and a half, and then started my own thing in about 2014, 2015, and I've been on the road and just slowly ramping up dates and heading overseas and doing all that. So it's been a, it's been a journey, as I said, but it's been a beautiful thing. So let's talk a little bit about that journey. Have you, you know, when you introduced yourself, you said that music's been your passion for a long time. Did you know when you were really young that that's what you wanted to do? I absolutely did. Yeah, I I was kind of, you know, I I picked up the saxophone at nine and loved it. And then when I hit jazz band in sixth grade, I just absolutely just spent so much time with the horn, um, just playing a 12 bar blues, honestly. And we did that like every morning at like 6.30 or something, every Wednesday or something like that. Um, and then I really wanted to do, like, I wanted to do multiple things. I wanted to be um, a musician and tour around the world. I wanted to be a WNBA player. And I wanted to be a restaurant owner chef. And I thought I could do all three. <laughs> What'd you um, learn about And that? then <laughs> what did I learn? Uh, basically that you have to choose one at some point. Um, and put time and energy and focus into one. Um, well, I'll keep, you know, I still play basketball. I still shoot around um, and I cook a lot. So, you know, it's just the other ones are still passions. It's just not my career. So, I, I've, yeah, I've learned that. <laughs> Pick one and, and go for it. Has, have you had throughout, you know, your career, and I, when I use career, I mean through all of that piece, you know, the passion with your music and learning that, but then also um, one of the things you noted that people might be surprised to learn about you is that you were recruited by Division One schools for basketball. 
So that me, you put in a lot of time on a court to even get recruited. I did. Yeah. I mean, I started, I started both about the same time. Yeah. So how did you balance all of that and school? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I think I've just had really supportive parents that encouraged me to kind of like push myself in all arenas. So, um, you know, basketball, I was constantly like going to basketball camps and um, learning how to get better in that way and spending two, three hours on the court most days um, throughout high school and then playing in the band during the day and in the morning and coming home and sometimes I practiced after that. Um, so I just, I just kind of learned just to find, find time in the cracks to, to figure everything out, you know, took AP classes as well. And I don't know, I just like challenges and I like, I like doing a lot of stuff <laughs> that, that hasn't really changed. <laughs> well, speaking of challenges, has there ever been a time where you faced a challenge that you either didn't feel you were prepared to make, or maybe just life threw a curveball at you that you had to handle like it or not? Sure, absolutely. I think there've been a few. Um, the, the most recent was actually um, um, was actually uh, about my my latest record that I have released, "Meeting My Shadow." Um, it is kind of like uh, being in the industry, and I and I came in after college, just thinking, you know, this is this is the greatest thing, and I still think it's the greatest thing. But you also come to realize that there's a backside to it, and Sometimes people will put you in a slot of you're going to fill the female spot on the festival roster or you're, you know what I mean? They try and kind of box you in. And that, that record is, a is about um, all of that. It, it, it's the term meeting my shadow comes from psychology. It's, um, it's a term that basically means getting rid of all the negativity in your life and making more room for the joy. Um, and so that all came out of um, out of that tough time of just kind of like having people around me that didn't have my back that I thought maybe did. Um, and so for me, I write I write myself out of it most of the time. That's always been my go-to is I write. So poetry from very early on in middle school to now songs and and you know all sorts of stuff. <laughs> so you're also then it sounds like to me someone who likes your time when you think about writing and writing yourself out of a situation or getting getting your head clear maybe about it that being Mm -hmm. in your head is a place that you find um i don't know if i'd use the word comfort but maybe direction or centering is that is that yeah absolutely yeah um i I'm very much an introvert for being, if you come to my show, you would not know that. But um, (laughs) basically I've always spent a lot of time just kind of on my own reading or hiking or um, with my dogs or or whatever, just uh, that's always been my recoup time. Um, And I tend to not want to react in the moment. Um, So to whatever it is, good, bad, or whatever, I tend to try and just think about it, take it in and then leave some space for the emotions to kind of settle and, and think about it. That's, that's always how I try to approach any situation, um, just to remain as open and as clear as possible. That's, yeah, I hope. <laughs> Are there things that keep you awake at night that you kind of 
continue to ponder over that you're trying to figure out? Um, I wouldn't say that they keep me awake at night, but I, I do feel that my brain trails off um, sometimes, mostly during the day when I'm driving or something. Um, and, and mostly those are those are kind of world things. Um, I think partly being an introvert, I feel that I don't always communicate it as, as clearly as I can. So one of those things that keeps me kind of thinking is how can I be more clear? How can I communicate better? Um, and how can I connect with people better? You know, music has always been a great way for me to do that because it doesn't, it hasn't required words, but I can play how I feel. And I, I noticed that very early on. Um, and I think that's why I've liked it so much. Um, the uh, stage banter has been something to, something that I keep working on. <laughs> but yeah, to, to, to cut a long story short, I think um, mainly it's just about communication. I'm, I'm constantly just trying to make sure that I'm not, um, not really offending anyone and, and just trying to level the playing field that we're all equal and we all come from different places, but, but I see everyone as, as being equal. Um, and I try and treat them as such. It's interesting when I listen to your music and, and I'm going to encourage folks who are listening to this podcast and we'll put some links in the show notes for you, go out and listen to a bunch of um, Vanessa's music because it differs. <laughs> and, but that yeah. was, it does, it's very different. Yeah. And, but just from like being a live presence at a music festival or being in a studio, you have this, like your energy feels bottled up and so expressive, but at the same time, it's not just like you're doing some song. It feels very real in that moment. And from performance, performance differs, but one of the things, oh, thank you. It's, it's great. But one of the covers <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to hear this one because I was like in the in the groove of just listening to different types of blues or funk. And then I see this cover with you on a guitar. Um, and you may know where I'm going with this, doing a cover of Joni Mitchell's River. Well, here I am, I'm thinking, yeah. what woodwind doesn't, you know, or instrument can't she play? And then when I listened to that cover, I thought, wow, I'm not sure there's anything that would hold you back. So... Um, <laughs> How Thank you very much. Well, how many instruments do you play? I haven't really counted, um, but uh, all the saxophones, uh, flute, clarinet, some piano and guitar, and then I've kind of been fiddling around with bass and bass and drums. Um, so I'm trying to play everything. That's really, that's really what it is. Um, I'm. It's kind of the way I write as well. I like to get inside of each part of like, oh, okay. What if this is like a funkier tune? What's the guy gonna play on James Brown stuff? What's the you know, versus a lettuce song or whatever? I just like to know all those parts and what's going on, and um, that's kind of how I write too. It's like part-driven kind of stuff. So I like to play everything so I can get a feel for it. Because if I don't have a feel for the instrument, I have a hard time hearing hearing stuff, hearing the parts, or hearing a way things are gonna fit together. What's interesting to me about that and that way of understanding things is it's very similar to what you expressed as your desire to like understand people around you and make them comfortable as well. And also that piece of if you don't know how things work, 
you're really not in charge or able to construct what you want, I guess, is a better. Yeah, closer exactly. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, that's a, that's a goal every day for me, um, whether it be with my students or with a parent or with my parents and my sisters um, is, is just trying to understand better. I think you know, there's this whole, there's this saying, and I know everybody knows it, it's like, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And um, I think that's kind of been in the back of my head for a, for a while, definitely from high school. Uh, of I just want to understand where you're coming from, because I can, I can react in the moment to what you're saying or you're doing, and I'm going to mistake it, most likely, unless I understand that's not your intention. So yeah, with, with playing and with just meeting people up again, it goes back to kind of the open and honesty and letting people be themselves kind of thought. So you learned that in high school or did you learn that before? And then high school, you just kind of reinforced it. My mom is very much that way. Um, I was very, I, I've been very, very lucky that she's let me be absolutely myself throughout my entire life. She doesn't, she doesn't try to shape me or force me to do something that I absolutely don't want to do she's pushed me but she allows me to be expressive and and still to this day she understands that if I get upset and it seems like I'm upset with her it's really that it's it's not that way it's not like I'm I'm aiming it at her you know what I mean so I think I've, I've grown up with that being my my normal so I've tried to just emulate her in in so many ways because she's just been so open and understanding that I feel she's been the person I can turn to at any point. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's a good thing or a bad thing, or I'm going to get in trouble. It's just, that's always been, there's been a great trust and a backbone there and support all the way. And there's not a single day that's gone by. So I just want to turn around and give that to whoever's in my life as well, whoever I encounter. That's a beautiful legacy. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you do with youth? Because when you talk about how your mom allowed you to be you, right? And, and express mm -hmm. yourself. Does that come into how you work with the kids and your work in schools? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the things that, that always kind of frustrated me with education is, you know, there's a system um, that, that you have to go through. And I never really understood, you know, if you get the same answer, but you find it a different way, why is it wrong? And there's parts of education, and I got a wonderful education. I'm not knocking it at all. But there's just a formula. It's very easy to fall into a formula. And what I like about, let's say, Montessori schools is that that formula kind of goes out the window and you let a person discover the world around them with your guidance. And that's kind of the way I teach. Um, I have a lot of students that want me to come in and just tell them what to play and what to practice. And, and we struggle for a little bit because I'm not that kind of teacher. I don't want to I don't want to force you to play something that you're not going to enjoy. The whole point is that you find a form of expression and you find your voice and it helps you become who you're going to be. It's another outlet. So why should I, you know, why should I impinge on that, um, infringe on that rather, and just let you just kind of guide you through, through what I know while teaching you the technique and whatnot. I also do these Blues in the Schools programs. Um, I've done two of them so far. I'm going to do another one here. And you basically go and you and it can range from elementary school kids all the way through high school. And you go and you play a little bit and you talk about whatever is kind of important to you. 
um, while teaching the history and the tradition of the blues and why why you would ha- you wouldn't have rock and rock and roll you wouldn't have hip hop you wouldn't have any of the other art forms that we have that have come after it without the blues so kind of bringing bringing everything back to the roots while making it fun um, and very recently I had um, I was down in Alabama and we had two two groups and we're doing this song from T-Bone Walker. It's the T-Bone Shuffle, and it's just a straight-up blues shuffle, and I've always loved it. It always gets everybody up and dancing, and I had, I don't know, 50 to 60 kids up on stage each, each, um, each show, and they're just, like, standing up there dancing, having a great time, smiling. There's a video up of it somewhere. It was them in their essence of doing hip-hop moves to to a blues shuffle, and it you know, that's another form of expression is that dance. So anytime I can teach and share that and just see somebody brighten and become, you know, become themselves, completely themselves, um, that's a huge goal of mine in my teaching and what I share and why I play music and do what I do. And if you see a show, that's what I'm trying to get across as well. So you've been touring for some time now. And I'm wondering if, like, you have a story or an incident that uh, happened to you, either on the road or on your way somewhere or performing, that just surprised you, like a great outcome came from it that you couldn't have anticipated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was actually one um, that I think it's a Tampa Bay Blues Festival um, last year there was like a hurricane or a tornado that came through and they had to cancel it. And we were driving, we were already in town and um, it was kind of like, Oh no. I mean, that's, that's really a bummer. Like there's going to be so much damage and, you know, it would just, it would be nice to play music for these people that, that are after this are going to probably have some damage. And then we got a call that someone found out we were in the area and we ended up getting a gig very close by at the Bradfordville Blues Club. And um, it just like, it was a great show. A lot of people came out because it was raining and I was really just kind of taken aback that, that it just happened. It just happened to work out. And, uh, and then we got to play the festival the next year too, which was cool. So it kind of worked out different and even better than you might have expected. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It usually does, you know? I mean, I I firmly believe that, like, what you want out of the universe, can uh, you will get. So I always think, I, I pretty much always think that things are going to work out. And again, that's something my mom has just taught me. You just kind of put your head down or you keep your head up and you just kind of keep going. Um, and everything will sort itself out. Everything happens for a reason. I think I share that uh, belief with you. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was just going to say, no, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I just, um, it, this is always kind of a story for me as well is like, um, I tore my ACL right before my senior year of high school, first game of the summer series. And I thought, you know, I went to one doctor and he was like, Oh, that's just the end of your career. You're never going to play again. And, and all this. And I just, I was so upset. And then we, we just went to another doctor and got a second opinion and, and ended up going to the guy that like works on the Baltimore Ravens and does all their in- injuries. And uh, he's like, Oh yeah, you'll be back running in four months and, and back playing in six months if you want to. And um, that was another one where I was just fully expecting everything to just kind of fall apart. And, um, 
and then I came back and it, rehabbing a knee and just real, realizing how fragile your body is. That's, that's another thing. It, it, you just celebrate everything that you have a little bit more every day when you think about when you think about that. I'm pausing because I'm just taking in the wisdom that you just shared there. It's powerful, you know, and it's it, easy, it is. It's easy to get going in a you know rush and then forget. Sometimes forget the surprises that have landed in our laps, which aren't really surprises. They're just the timing that they got delivered to us. Um, yes. So I, and I actually know a couple of young people in my life right now, um, teenagers who are very talented, but I'm not sure they see a path forward in music. What advice would you give to someone who's 12, 13 or older who just has that passion, but doesn't know what to do with it? Uh, I I mean, I would first, you're not alone. um, Because I felt the very same way and I wasn't sure what I was going to do with it. But if you still have passion for it, then there's a, there's a niche for you somewhere. And if you want to do it, you can figure it out. That's, there's a lot of people that, that kind of look at me as a saxophonist in in the blues world. And, and I don't always like to bring this into it, but, you know, kind of being a female as well, there's a lot of doubt and, and kind of being pushed off to the side sometimes in musical situations. And, I've just kind of plugged forward because I know I'm meant to be here. For the people that, for the for the young teenagers that you're talking about that that don't necessarily know yet, that's totally cool. You're still figuring stuff out, but you will feel one way or another. You're gonna feel pulled to something at some point in your life, and it may not. It may be during college. It may be after that. It may be in your 30s or 40s um, where you finally find you know your life's passion and something that you wanna absolutely invested and that's you know you just you just kind of got to keep keep going that's always my thing just trust trust in yourself trust that you have everything that you need or you will learn everything that you need to know um and a lot of it is just kind of like a sponge in that way so that you can do what you what you want to do and you have all the options available to you so with the schedule that you have going and your touring and your teaching um how do you take downtime or do you take downtime for yourself to uh, recoup and rejuvenate? What do you do for that? I tend to do something, a little something every day. Um, so I actually, I've gotten out of the habit of it the last like month because I've been working on a record and literally if I haven't been eating or sleeping, I've been working on this record or teaching or gigging. But in general, um, I actually do, I read this book, Julia Cameron, called The Artist's Way. I'm sure someone has mentioned it to you, but I have read as part it. of the, yeah, there you go. See, so you already know, right? So the morning pages is something I do every day. And then uh, I also do an object write um, every morning, just picking an object and writing sense bound, um, using your five senses, your in- organic and your, in- and your kinesthetic sense. And that has always been freeing for me. That's always a great way to start the day. And then I, I tend to do like 10 minutes of, at least 10 minutes of meditation. Um, but really, really what, when I feel great is when I get to hike. So when I'm out on the road and we have a morning off, but we're in the same city for two days, I'll go find a place and go hike. So I've done that multiple times. And it, it centers me back, right back, and, and rebalances everything. Any chance you're touring on the West Coast in the next eight, 10 months? 
Yeah. Um, I'm actually we're going to come out and play in California. I'm trying to remember when that date is. It's August 5th in Mammoth Lakes. Oh, nice. Um, it's, yeah, it's a big <laughs> festival called Boozapalooza. <laughs> so I think that's the only one right now. We we just got back in April. We play Biscuits and Blues in San Francisco every year about springtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just got back from that a couple of weeks ago. Nice. Now, I grew up in the Bay Area, so I know the places, which is why I was asking you to host something. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you coming? <laughs> uh, well, August 5th is just around the corner. So, um, yeah, you know absolutely. how it is when your life's full. The 5th will be. Here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we will. And Mammoth Lakes is just not all that far from here. So, just oh, a, nice. Okay. Just a few hours south in the mountains. It's not bad at all. Um, Good stuff. Yeah. So, I guess I have two last questions for you. Sure. And one may be a recap of some of what you've already shared. But what would you say your um, habits are, in addition to your morning practice, that allow you mm-hmm. to be as successful as you are? I, I think the biggest one um, that I kind of I learned uh, along the way, but I think someone mentioned it in, in college, was just kind of never saying no to an opportunity unless you've tried it out. So I've done a lot of things, and, and that's kind of put me in a lot of situations. I, I tend to try and think long-term versus short-term. So when I started my career, I was investing money up front in order to hopefully see that return a little bit later. And I think it's it's paid off. I think just kind of trying to think about what you want in the long-term versus do I have the means to do this right now? And just trying to figure out a way, again, just to kind of make it happen. I think that's been the most successful uh, thought process and mentality for me is just kind of never limiting myself. I, I think the other thing that I've kind of picked up in the last couple of years is just finding artists that I love, finding people that I love what they do and kind of researching even more into their heroes and who they studied and where they got their thing. Cause that's really, it all comes back to the roots of everything, you know, this was with music, all of your behaviors kind of come back to the root of, of who you are. Beautifully yeah. said. My last question for you is, is this. Mm-hmm. So, so when you aren't out um, playing, teaching, gigging, what do you listen to? Everything. Everything I can, honestly. Um, I've listened to a lot of like African music, um, just, just field recordings. I listen to a lot of like Indian classical music. And then, yeah, there's some funky people that I just love. Like Jeff Coffin is a modern-day saxophonist, currently with uh, Dave Matthews Band, but started, well, I saw him first with the with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. And, uh, yeah, I just, I constantly try and get everything in my ear, even if I don't like it. So, you know, I listen to Top 40 every now and again. And <laughs> um, I did, everything. I grew up with country and blues and R&B and soul, funk. I mean, you name it, I'm, I'm pretty well listening to it and trying to dig into like decades at a time kind of thing. You are an immersion learner. I, I like to, yeah. yeah. It's so true. Yeah. I like it. Yep. Right. Yep. It's a good way to- I've learn. done it with a lot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I actually, you'll, you might find this interesting. I, um, so there's a, there's a Fender Rhodes, which is like a keyboard. 
uh, it's an electric keyboard from like the 70s. It's on a lot of records. And um, I saw one for sale on Craigslist for, for pretty much for like half price, basically. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And it needed some work. So I've been I've completely torn the whole thing apart and I'm re refurbishing it and learning how it works and as I go, you know, kind of thing. I like to pick things apart, take it apart, put it all back together again. I so. have a, a really good friend whose philosophy on life is very similar to the mm-hmm. to that when she needed a new skylight in her house on the roof. Yeah. Up on yeah. the second story. <laughs> she thought, what's the worst that could happen? Right. <laughs> yep. so she put it in but she figured I, know that I have a carpenter's name i could call but i'm gonna so that's awesome well, i want to meet her I, you know what you would love her you would totally yeah. dig her so um you share things in common that's Very awesome cool. vanessa i cannot tell you how excited i am to have had this time with you today and i just want to thank you Um, for the music that you're putting out into the world, because for me, it makes the world a better place and it's, um, it connects us all differently and from Mm. a really positive place. So I feel honored to have had time with you today and I'm doubly excited because now all the podcast listeners who, if they didn't already get to know you, get to know you. And, um, and for the folks on the West coast, and I know a number of folks that listen regularly are from Southern California they may just mob mm-hmm. you a bit mammoth in August. <laughs> that would be a beautiful thing. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, yeah. Very cool. Come on out. Yeah. It's how it's waiting. All right. Um, thank you so, so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's, it's been a joy. For me as well. So that's it for this week's episode. If you like what you heard, please hop on over to iTunes or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. This helps us get the word out to more people just like you who want to live a no-labels, no-limits life. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.